God, right? Through Christ. That's why we want to come here. We want in our, ourselves to grow in our access with Christ and with God and with friends or whoever comes. We want this place to be a pathway from where they get from point A to God. It's an a- access to Him where we teach, where we tell the truth, right? Was that, was that a point? Do you remember? Okay, we, okay, good. And what do we have to give them when they get here? What? That's a Sunday school answer, and that's right. That's all we have to give them. We can't give them lights. I know y'all think the youth guy here is amazing. He's just cool as all get out. But um, that won't do it. Nothing will do it except, Sam, you have to look at that. that. Thank you. Um, all we have to give is Jesus. That's why we're Access 3, 6. Now, can I share with you my heart just for a moment? I've been getting ready for camp like nobody's business. Now, it's different. Our camp is, is, is unique, and I'm, I'm not going to just sort of spill all my guts here, but um, we're, we do our own camp. We bring in our own speaker. We bring in our, those teach. We pull the stuff that we're going to teach, all the rec games. We do all the things at night. We plan ahead. We do all the food. We bring in the cooks. Um, everything we do, we plan as ours. And it can be utterly exhausting. I've I've been and just here, and it's we all have times in our life that's exhausting, weeks that are bad, or, or months that are tough. And so this, I've been on the phone with youth, on Facebook with youth to talk about camp. I've been uh, trying to look at stuff we're going to teach, trying to talk to those that are going to teach, trying to talk with the camp, make sure the lake won't kill us with all the snakes and all that stuff in it, make sure the bears are at bay, sort of, for this year, and and, and talking more with youth to see if they can go or not. I've been doing some more things, just the food, and I've been talking more with youth and getting food and stuff like that and talking with youth more um, about going to camp and stuff. Now, I've got to tell you, um, I can get almost down. I found myself this week just almost just just de- down and depressed. Have you ever found that? Even though you're doing something that might, might be good, you're sort of whooped and, and tired and, and almost glummed out and down about. And, and that, that's sort of where I found myself at. And, and l- 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 let me share this. <clears throat> Some of you who are in this room are, are not going to come to camp. And there's legitimate things why you're not going to camp. So please understand this. As I look around the room here, I'm not talking to any of you as I share some of these things. So I don't, I don't want you to think I'm pointing at you. Because some people have legit, legit, I'm so loud. I'm about to blow my eardrums. Legitimate needs um, or, or things for why they can't come. They've got commitments where they're going out of town with their parents. They've got, they're getting set for college. They've got, um, I wrote some, they've got maybe a camp, like band camp or something. And it just doesn't work out. Um, and some have a very strong walk with God. And they've got some things they're going to be a part of and take part of, so they can't come to camp this year because they've got some things that they're going to do. I understand that. Um, but some are really wishy-washy about camp. And, and I mean this. Some, when I talk to them, they go, oh, I think I might have to work or something. I'm not sure. And the year before camp, and I'm not saying camp's always the exact same thing, and I'm not saying camp is the thing that will save your soul. If you don't go it, you don't go to camp, you're going to go to hell. Um, but I do believe this. I do believe camp is a place that you can really see God clearly. And I will fight for you with everything that I've got to get you there. Because I can teach for, for I think, weeks and weeks and months and months here. But if I can get you to go to camp, it seems to scrape away just a lot of the, just the loudness of the world. And you can hear God speak to you. And that's my greatest goal. 
But there's a lot of you talk to them and go, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go this year or not. And last year, I had some of you the week after we got back from camp, I did a forum saying, what did you like about camp? Rate, rate camp. What did you like about it? And 98% said it's a 10 out of 10. Uh, I, I, I will be back next year for sure. There's no doubt. Nothing can keep me away. And half of those that wrote that, nothing can keep me away. I'm back for sure. Said, oh, I think I might have to work. You know, things of the world just tend to get in the way. And I know it's been, it's been a year, and, and, and sometimes it's almost guilt because we've sort of walked away from, from God some, and we feel bad about it. And, um, and so we go, well, I just can't go and face that right now. It's just and so hard to get back there. And, um, you know, it drives me sort of nuts because it's, it's so hard um, for some of you. <clears throat> but let me share this because I don't want you to miss it. And, and some, some of you that I've, I've talked to or some that aren't here that I've, I've talked to that are not going to go to camp, there might be le- 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 legitimate things I don't know about. I understand that completely. But I understand this too. There is someone called the devil who is real, who schemes and plans and fights against us and doesn't want us to do what is right or what is good for us. He wants to pull you away for you not to know God, be close to God, grow in God. And he's going to do whatever he can to knock you down. He's going to do whatever he can to knock me down. And this week when I was just, man, I was just in it. I was just doing a lot of stuff and just feeling bogged down. And going, man, why am I just feeling like I just can't do anything right? Something clicked going, you know what? There's a war going on outside of what I can see. That is between the devil and God and his army of angels where they are fighting for you and for me even as we speak. There's a war going on even in this room right now. I am thoroughly convinced every time we meet where Satan is trying to distract you, to pull you down, to get you to go, oh, this really doesn't apply to you. You don't need to change. You're doing all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. You'll find that peace and that joy in the things of the world. And there's a fight that is going on for each one of us all the time. And you know, and what made me think about this more was a story. Can I tell you all a story? Yes? yes. Are you all okay? Yes. Am I sharing too much of my heart here? No? Okay. Water, man, that's body good. Okay. I came, I grew up in a good Catholic home. Um, in high school, I, I was friends with a guy named the street uh, down the street named Gary Yeldell. His dad was a pastor of a Baptist church, and Gary um, had invited me to church a few a few times. Now I was good 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 Catholic guy. I went to church um, four times a year or something. Maybe you almost did like double what a lot of them did. Uh, I even went to school from first grade through eighth grade in a Catholic school. So I, I did all that stuff, and he started to invite me to church. I was like, "Dude, I've been to church. I don't, I don't want that." You know, God made me, and then He left the world. Because if He had made me, if there was a God, He said He wouldn't have made me the way that I was and just left me alone. Because I can't talk right. I'm, I'm sort of a freak, and that that was sort of my my viewpoint of who who God was. And so He, um, every month or so, He'd still invite me to church stuff, and I'd say thanks, but no thanks. And we were good friends. We'd go skiing each day in the boat. And uh, some stuff like that. So one day, um, he invited me to camp. And I remember I said, dude, I can't go. My mom and dad said I can't. Now, it was a blatant lie from the pit of hell. 
it just was, I just, because he was asking me this, and I was like, Mom, Dad said, said no. And I knew that once I said that, he would sort of begin to back down. Now, he began to tell me, he said, you don't understand, at this camp, there's five high school girls for every high school guy at this camp. Now, he's pulling out all the stops. And that intrigued me because I'm a kid that stuttered and you needed any chance you could get. And those were a lot better odds than I got most of the time. Okay? So um, I, I really thought about it, but I didn't want to go. And it got to be the night before the camp. It was, it was Sunday night. And he had asked me again. My parents were about to go out of town. And uh, he asked me again. And I don't know why, but I said, well, if I can, I'll ask my parents and see, which I was really going to do it. And so my parents said, yeah, sure. And I remember going, what? And they go, yeah, I think that'd be great. And um, the problem was I had to have a permission slip signed. And uh, so I called Gary, and my parents were about to leave out of town within an hour. And uh, I went over to his house, and he said, oh, look, I've got one right here. And uh, I took it home. Parents signed the thing. I took it back. Someone from the church I did not know paid for me to to, to go to camp. The fourth night of that camp, I was there, and it had been a good week. I'd had fun. I don't know how much I'd engaged in stuff, but as the guy began to talk about things, he, he said something about G, G, Jesus, how he lived a life without sin. And for the first time, I don't know why, but I, I heard it. I heard that without sin because I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that um, I, I heard him talk about uh, that, um, that he died on, on the cross. I'm, I remember just feeling regret, remorse. Um, and then I heard him talk about that he rose again. He overcame death and the grave for, 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 for you and for me. And at that m- moment, it was like God was speaking to me. Loud and clear. I don't know why. I never heard it before. But I heard it without a doubt. And it was like, it's time for you to put your faith in me. You put it in things. That, and I was always a good, I, I was a good kid. Just the type that parents would like. I mean, when you stutter, you can't be real tough. I'm, I'm going to kick your tail. You know, you can't do that. You, you just, you're not tough. You got to be a, a good. So I was a good kid. But at that moment, when I, I remember, I went down. I, I quote unquote, I walked down the aisle because that's the way they did it. But as I walked down, and I told the guy, I, this is what I've got. To, my life has got to be about. A burden came off me like I was wearing a backpack with hundreds of pounds on it, and it came right off. And it was, you go, well, that's sort of hokey. No, you don't understand the burden that even as a 16-year-old guy, I felt on me. And when I said, this is what my life needs to be about and not this, I want to reject the world, turn away from the world, and turn to Christ, trust Him with all I have. It was like a huge weight came off of me. Now, I tell that story because that is a story. You go, oh, some neat things occurred and the sort of the chance that you sort of got to go and it sort of worked out. You know that Spiritual warfare is all over that story. From me lying, going, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go and be a part of that. From my friend fighting for me, who, who would not give up, said, come on, just go. It's going to be good. To me, it working out, me getting this form signed the day before camp and getting on that bus to go. To that night when, it, when my ears heard clearly what Christ had done for me. There was a battle going on that whole time that I had no idea about. And, you know, I'm excited about camp because um, we never know what God is going to do. I don't know what God's going to do at camp for, for this year. Um, but I do know this, that there has been a lot of spiritual warfare going on b- before camp. 
And that tells me that God is up to something because he's at work in the lives of his believers. So tonight, I want to just take a few minutes to look at this thing called spiritual warfare. Because a lot of times you go, well, is that really real? You know, I don't see it. But, you know, there's so many things that we don't see that we don't see that are going on. And it's a spiritual world that we miss. So turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, I've got some on the end here uh, of the rows. So anybody, anyone? Pass it down a little bit. Pass them down and around. Uh, It's always good. I think we will have some of them on the screen, but I always like to... Something about reading it in a book is always good. Now, Ephesians chapter 6. Verse, Ephesians, girls eat popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I don't know why that's why I know it, but that's why I do. Verse 1 says, children obey your parents, but we're not going to hit that for tonight. But that's a good one. And honor your father and mother. Youth always need to understand that is in the word. It's there. It's a command for us to do. Um, So, anyways, we're going to go to verse 10. says this. Chapter 6, verse 10 of Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Okay. First point, I just want you to get this. It says in the first verse 10, go ahead and put 10 back up there. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You know what? We try so much to do this stuff on our own. And this is talking to believers here, those that believe in Christ, those that know him. He's saying this, be strong in, in the Lord. Not that you're strong, but know that he is. You know that you feel weak all the time. This week I have felt so weak. But right now I can tell you this, I know that he is so strong. And I've got to begin to trust less in Dan and more in him. It says, and put um, and, and the strength of his might, God's might. So just keep, it's, it's not your doing, it's his doing. Keep, keep going here in verse uh, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Um, now, understand this. Um, I want you to think. In, in verse 10, you go, well, how, how can I, I be strong in the Lord? I hear you say uh, I put my faith in him, my, my trust in him, but how can I really do that? What's the practical way that I can do that? Th- three things. You can be strong in the Lord. By this, you read his word. You're not going to be strong in the Lord unless you read his word. Not as we sit in this room right here, but as you're on your own, just, just going, okay, God, help me be more like you, more like your son. If I'm a Christian, I ought to want to be more like his son, so I ought to want to read his word. Some, some of you say to me, well, where do I even, I don't know where to start. If you want to be more like his son, start reading the book of John. Man, the book of John talks about his son and his life and what he did and how he lived and what a better example for us to know what to, what to do. Start reading the book of John. Now, Read, read, read his word. How can we say, say we know him and not read his word? Two is obey his commands. What his word says, we're supposed to do. Okay? How are we strong in the Lord? We, well, we do what he says. He leads us. He commands us. We do what he says. And then three is pray and listen. A lot of times we pray or we throw up a prayer, but how many times do we pray and then go, okay, God, just tell me what to do. Help me know what to do. And a lot of times we... we truth is, truth is I, I have youth coming to me going... Dan, I just don't know what to do. And they, they talk it out and they tell me what they're supposed to do as they talk to me. They just need someone else to say, yep, that's really what... And it's, it's usually the right thing to do. 
So pray and listen to see, see what God want, wants you to do. Now look, it says put on the whole ar- armor, and we're going to breeze through that part, but the whole armor, not, not part of the armor. A lot of times we, we, we do a good thing, uh, one or two things, and we think it's good. It says the whole armor. Why? Because we've got to stand against the schemes of the devil. Understand this. There's a realm that we cannot see of, 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 of warfare that we cannot see, and, and the devil schemes to knock you down. He, he doesn't cause you to sin, but he schemes to knock you down, to, 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 to make you not make it through the day, to make it you not to live for God. And so we've got to have the full armor. Now look in verse 12. It says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in spiritual battle. Now, this is, Paul explains, Paul wrote this book, okay? And he wrote this part to those that believe in Christ. And understand, everything he writes here, it's like what a general says to his troops, okay? And what they wear, it's not like he's telling them to get ready for battle, and we go, yeah, I'm going to get ready for, for battle. I'll read this for like five minutes this week on my own. Do you think we're really getting ready for battle? Do you think we really understand that there's a realm that we cannot see? That there's a battle going on for not just um, our walk with Christ, but for friends that we know of heaven and hell. And there's a battle um, that is going on. Now, <clears throat> Paul is saying right here, let's read verse 12 again. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the he- heavenly places. Now, some of you are, um, are going to be going to uh, school soon, right? Some are going off to school in college. Who's going off to college, right? We've got a, f- a few of y'all. Who, is, um, who's, who starts school in two weeks or so? Some, some, some of y'all. Are y'all ready for school to start? No. You're like, well, we dread it. Um, question, does that look like you, your school there? Yes. Sort of. It sort of looks like, for, for a lot of you, uh, the school that you go to? Yes? No? Yes? Has I- anyone seen this picture b- before? I know a few have. Okay. Don't say anything if you have. Do you understand? I mean, can, could that look like a day in the life of your school? Yes. Sort of? Yeah? Do you believe... I almost want to do a show of hands, but I'm not going to do a show of hands. because everybody. But do you really believe there's a spiritual battle going on around you all the time? Because so many times we just we, we hear it. I even sometimes hear myself say it and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's so much going on that we miss. In this, this picture, we, we look at it, we, we soak it in, we think that we see it. I need someone to go hit those lights there, there in the back, the, 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 those buttons. Just hit those, because I want you to see, you see the, the picture here. And I don't know how well this will work, but we'll give this a shot. And um, it's too dark for me to see. Light off. There you go. Now, 
that's sort of cool though, it, isn't it? How's that? Is that sort of freaky? Anybody freaked a little bit? Please say yes. Okay. But see, turn on the lights, Jeff. That's what we see right there, right? But I want you to understand something. Lights off? Off? You're good. There's more that meets the eye. Um, and don't take it for granted when, when you go, well, I can't see it. You know, I don't feel it. And sometimes if you take the time to look for it, you will feel it. You, you will see things at work where there's a fight. And this is pretty cool. It's angels, I hope you can tell, and, and demons. The demons are in red, sort of. Okay, good, good. And they're beating them down, it looks like, um, which I like. Is that cool? Yeah? Lights on, please. So I want to remind you today um, that there's a spiritual battle going on. And uh, my question to you is, how are you responding to it? So I want you to see something here. Look in verse 13. Don't need that. It says, therefore, take up the whole... Armor of God. Once again, he says it again. Take up the whole armor. Hey, people, take it all up. Pick it all up. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all, having done all to stand firm. The greatest goal for Paul and for you and for me, as he's saying here, is that you stand firm. Because there are going to be attacks going on all around you. To your friends, and they may say something to you because they're mad and they're having a bad day and they are just being attacked and they don't even know it. And they may lash out at you and you go, oh, what a jerk. And you just... <laughs> See, I've learned um, in, in 18 years, I found out that the youth I have in my youth group that act up a lot of times with me, that buck up with me, there's issues that have occurred at home that I could not dream about. I could not dream about. So whenever you meet someone, don't ever lose sight of you don't know their past. You don't know how beat down they've been. And we're called to show the love of Christ to them, however they, they, they treat us. So look at here, verse 14, where he says, Stand firm, the whole armor. Let's just talk real quickly about the whole armor of God. He says this, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can e- extinguish all the flaming darts of the, the, the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The first three, a soldier wears all the time. And see, he talks about the belt of truth. Now, it, in, in King James, if you read it, or in that, it, it says the girdle of, of truth, which is it's more of, an, I think, an apt way to tell what it is. We think of it like a belt like this. And, and I, I could take my belt off and my pants would probably still stay on. They might sag. I might look, but look cool. But um, um, my, my pants would still. Now, in this day, a, a, sol, a sol, sol, soldier would, would wear a, a, a girdle, that would, a belt thing that would hold up his pants. If that came off, the pants would be down to his, to his feet. Okay, and he'd be trying to fight the, the battle like this. Okay, right? Have you seen a guy walk? Hopefully, you've not seen. Have you walked yourself? 
like right or something. Well, and his his all his armor and stuff that he would have on would be tucked in not nice and tight, and without that belt on, it would flail about, and it would give him a lot less protection than what he would have. So this belt of truth is key to holding the whole outfit together. And when a b- believer in Christ walks away from truth and starts to live with lies in his life, I want you to understand everything is going to fall apart in his life. Everything. Now, I want you to also understand, which I think is interesting, that G- 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 Jesus said, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And when we say the belt of truth, I don't know if they're talking about how you live your life truth or Jesus himself is what holds everything together. Without him, you're not going to get it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to get there. You've got to have the belt of truth the first thing. Now, let's go on. What else do you have? Having the breastplate of righteousness, plate that goes along your whole front, around the side, the whole back, protects your front and your back, protects the stuff that's in your body, especially your heart, breastplate of righteousness. Now, do you you all know this? I'm about to blow your mind. Christians are called to do what is right. Oh, I know. I know. I know. You're like, what? No one's ever told me. We are called to do what is right. And you know what? When we don't do what is right, we don't wear the breastplate of righteousness. And Satan has so much more attack on us when we don't do what is right. And when you look at this, you go, oh, this is sort of a little funny. But, man, it so makes sense. We've got to have the belt of truth in Christ. We've got to have that. We've got to do what is right. Where the, if, we, if we want to attack, fight this attack that comes on, and you all are attacked. We all get attacked. You've got to uh, wear the breastplate of righteousness and do what is right. Understand, the evil one, Satan, has a direct shot at your heart when you're not living a right, righteous life. Um, and Satan is a lot of times referred to as the great accuser. And when we don't do what is right, man, he can accuse us. Guilt can ride us. We can not even want to live with ourselves. Understand that. Look, look at this next part. In verse um, 15, and as shoes for your feet. Okay, we talked about the belt, talked about the breastplate. Now we're talking about the shoes, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Being ready, shoes of readiness. Being ready for what? What are we supposed to be ready for? Ready to battle, to go? When you're in ba- battle, let me ask you this. Do you want to be in hard ground or muddy soil? Hard ground preferably, right? You want to be able to stand firm on what you stand. So what are we supposed to stand on with these the, these shoes that we wear? The, go, the, go, the gospel of peace. The only thing we can stand firm on is the gospel. Jesus lived a life without sin. He died on the cross. He rose again on the third day so that you and I could have a relationship with God now and we could also have heaven later. That's firm ground. There's no doubt. We don't need to worry. We don't need to fret. We know where we stand. Do you know where you stand? Let's keep going. Verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. 
Now, there's two types of shield that they used back in that day. There's a small shield about this big. A lot of times, if you've seen the kids' cartoons with, with this guy, he's got on the, the belt, and there's, there's a cartoon jargon of this guy who's got on this all the arm, armor of God, and he's got this shield. There's two types of shield. There, there's a small shield, and then there's a big shield that's two and a half feet wide, five feet tall, metal on the top, covered in animal skin, very hard, dipped in water. That was, and, and it's, it's the word, it, it counts for the big shield, not the small shield. So he's saying, carry this big old shield of faith that can protect your whole front, that actually if there's a line of you, your shields are made to hook and make a wall that, so that when you're, we're not supposed to fight this battle alone. I hope you understand that, that we're supposed to walk side by side with our shield of faith, our faith in what? Our faith in God who is big enough, right? Who is big enough. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Not because I'm that good, but because he is that good. So we're supposed to walk with a shield of faith, the shield that is great, that is strong, together, not alone in this fight. But we are in a fight. Don't miss that. And it says that, it, you know, as I read about this, they said they would soak, soak them wet. They'd have them just sort of soak for a, a time to get wet because the enemy would do arrows with them, tar and, and stuff, um, on it, on the end that was on fire, and it would hit the shields and burst into flame. But if the shield had been dipped right in in water, that when the the arrow with fire would hit it, it would go out like that. And if you read the text right here in verse six, sixteen, it says, "In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one." Man, I'm glad about that. You know that that. Faith that I have in Christ is strong, strong enough. I want you to the faith that you have in Christ is strong enough to put out the fiery, scary darts, things, barbs, things that hurt you of the devil. Not because you're good enough, but because he's good enough. Now, keep going. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Helmet of salvation, protect your mind, your, your head. Um, you know, some some people have said, well, it means you put this on, and that's that's sort of the fact that from the point that you're you're saved. I I, I believe that salvation is a process, and I think that I'm in the process of being saved. I'm in in that process. Nothing can stop it. God be. be began it when I was 16, and I was changed and tr- tr- transformed at that point. But I will not be perfected until heaven, until I die and I am with him, and then I will be exactly like, like him. I'm much more like Christ today than I was when I was 16. I still am so far away from him now at 39 than I hope I am at 55, than at 68 or however old I live to be. So I want you to know the, the helmet of salvation is being secure in your hope in him, in your mind, and pr- protected in your heart that you know who you but believe it, and you are convinced that he is able to do everything he has said he will do. And what good work he has begun in you, he will complete in you. So that's what the helmet of salvation means. And the question is, have you put that on? Now, what's the sword of the spirit? The, the word? Okay. So what, what, why, is, why is the sword of spirit the word? Why are y'all so, so quiet? 
all the rest of the stuff they talked about, right? All the rest of the stuff is to protect you, right? Right? The, 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 the belt of truth. You're not going to whip off the belt of truth and whack them with it or you'll lose your pants. Right? The, the breastplate, you'll keep that on. The helmet, you can try to fight with it, but I don't suggest it. But he talks about the sword of the Spirit. Oh, I love this verse. You like my sword? My wife, my wife is so mad when I bought this sword on eBay. It's real. It's sharp. Would you like to feel it? Okay. Just hang your hand out there. Sword of the Spirit. It says, which is what? Which is, I just had to, I had to sit in the back room, so I just had to go get it because I brought it all the way over here. So. Do you like my sword? Yes. Thank yes. you. My wife was so mad. And you don't need to tell her, shame on you. For me. Do you all know what I paid for this sword? <laughs> 21 bucks with shipping. That's pretty sweet. And the blade was sharp, though, by law. I don't think it's supposed to be. We'll put it back. Please do not take this out of this sheath if, you, um, if it's out of my hands in this place. Thank you. Sword of the Spirit. And don't poke a hole in that, please, with the sword of the Spirit. That would be bad. The only thing he talks about here being an offensive weapon. And, you know, I think we're called not to just to, uh, just to be safe and secure, but we're called to fight. And we cannot fight unless we pick this up. We cannot fight unless we study the Word of God. We cannot fight unless we really believe this is the inspired word of God that, that tells us the story of his son and the story of a lost man who, who we cannot live without him. And so we have this because we're called to fight. But we're called to fight two ways. One is with this. Um, and when we fight, you know, the question is, how do we fight with the sword of the spirit? Okay, if we're fighting with this, how do we fight? Well, first of all, We've got to read the Word. You've got to read it, to, okay? You've got to know the Word. Once you read it, you've got to let it sink in and know it. Let it hide in your heart. You've got to obey the Word. When it tells you to do something and what is right to do, you obey it. You've got to memorize the Word. We need to know, we get, it, it says, God, I want to hide this Word in your heart so I will not sin against thee. We've got to do this stuff. And we've got to love the Word. I think if you start to do this, because some of us, you don't have a love for the Word. Why, why read it? You don't have a love for it. But the truth is this. If you have a love for God, a true love for Christ, there's going to be a love for this. And you might have to work at it, but you will have a love for this. But you cannot be on the offensive ever until you pick up the Word and use it and love it. <clears throat> Verse 18 sort of wraps it all up. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all um, per, 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 perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Um, you know, I think another way that we can fight is to pray. And we go, oh, well, you know, no. You don't understand. I mean, really pray. Not just let's all come around here and hold hands and pray together. You being concerned so much for those around you that you pray for them. That's what that, that that's all. You being offensively praying, not offensively praying, because that can be bad words. Offensively protecting them, fighting for them. We've got to learn to do that. It's the only way, you know, I love the 
the the fight scenes. Have y'all y'all seen the fight scenes where there's there's two two guys and there's a crowd of guys they fight against? How do both of these guys fight? Do do they, what? Back, Bishop, come over here. Hurry, <laughs> hurry, Bishop. I'll even let you hold the sword. Don't whack anybody with it. I can't believe I'm doing this. So they're around us. They're around us, and we've and we've got to fight them. What do we do? Okay, right. Back to back, right? The only way as a Christian that I can... You're scaring me. Put the sword back in there. A bit. The only way that I can be back to back with him is when I pray, pray for him. When I walk, walk beside him and I talk to him about what God is doing in his life. And, and, and I am trying to help him grow in his walk with, with Christ as he helps me grow as well. As y'all try to attack... We, we, we fight back. Okay, good. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. But you've got to be, how else can we get through this thing called life unless we go back to back and we fight together? Because what we fight against is huge and it's scary. And when we're all alone, we go, how can I face this? And I want you to know one thing. I don't know where you've come from and what, what trials that you have endured so far in your life. But I do know this, that my God is big enough to fight against whatever you have faced, that he um, is strong enough. And uh, the greatest thing that you and I can do is put on the whole armor of God so that we stand firm against those things that we can't see, but it's real. And even, you know, there may be someone you're talking to about camp, and they're like, "Ah, I'm not sure, I'm I'm not sure. I, ch- I ch- challenge you to fight for them. There may be someone you're not talking to about camp, but you're talking to about living right and doing what is right for God. I challenge you to speak up and fight for them. You know, put on the whole armor of God. First of all, we've got to put it on, but then we've got to fight for those around us as well. Challenges this for tonight as we wrap it up. Um, be aware and know that there's a spiritual battle going on. Just, first of all, be aware of it. Sometimes we just act like there's not. We live like there's not, but there is. The Word of God talks about it all throughout. I haven't had a whole lot of time to, to prep tonight, or I'd really point you to a lot more things, but we'll probably hit it when we get back from camp. Um, there's a battle going on. Put on the whole armor of God. Truth, righteousness, re- re- readiness, faith, salvation, and the Word. Put it all on. The first three you wear all the time. The next three, you're going to have close by where you put on in times to fight and in need. Okay? And the third challenge, last thing is this. Join the battle. Don't just sit there and go, I don't know why this thing with God. It's just I don't feel it. It doesn't work for me. It's because you're not in the battle. You're just sitting in the, you're just getting killed. And you don't even care. You don't even know it. The whole armor of God. Let's pray. Dear God, um, I just.